Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today, zooming in, we've got a special guest, Paulina Bokier, who is a real estate entrepreneur focusing on burrs. And she's kind of transitioned from single family burrs to small multifamily burrs. And uh, that's pretty exciting. So, Paulina, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me here. My pleasure. All right, Paulina, I hear a delightful accent here. So tell us a little <laughs> bit about your background, where you're from originally and, and how you got into real estate. I'm getting this a lot of questions. Are you French? Are you Spanish? No, I'm actually Polish. <laughs> um, I came to Canada in 2010 from Poland. Um, and I love being here. I love uh, living here. I have my family here. Um, so then after two years, uh, I got married uh, with my husband. We have two little beautiful kids. Nice. Uh, and I have to say that's how my real estate journey starts is because of my husband. <laughs> okay. So so what sparked his interest? Is Is he from Canada or is he a newcomer as well? He came to this country when he was a little boy. Okay. So first immigration, and uh, uh, I have to say the immigration see the the life struggles difference when you know you come into the country with the little kids, parents they have to work. There's always financial struggle, difficulties, and as a kid, he uh, he always was dreaming big. He wanted to do big things. He wanted to build something from himself and the family, and he he has a very entrepreneur mind. So since a uh, uh, you know, he was a young boy. He was hustling three different jobs, you know, uh, throwing the newspaper on the, on the neighbor's uh, driveway and uh, working, uh, uh, selling things. And, uh, you know, when he was 19 years old, he basically got into his first property. Nice. Uh, so at very early age, without knowing strategies, without knowing basically anything, just simply start doing it. And it started rotating from one property to the second, to the third, to the fourth. And it turns to be it turns to be uh, good flips. So when you're at that age and you can get a property, you can just do a little bit of work, sell and make some good money. And even if it's back in the days, it was like, you know, 30,000, 50, 60,000 thousands that's a good business right yeah so sure. that's how he got into real estate and of course when i met him that was still thing that he was doing so, so he was a full-time real estate flipper when you guys met uh, no he wasn't a full-time but it was always in his life uh, got it. Uh, he has he he's working in construction so this the real estate construction is always around him uh mm. but uh he wasn't a full-time flipper okay all right so how did you, you married this guy who's involved in, in real estate. That sparked your interest. How did you get involved, Paulina? How, what, what role did, did you come in playing in your real estate investing business? Uh, to be honest with you, uh, first, when we, uh, when, we, when we met, of course, he was asking me for help. Let me help you with this. Go find the materials. Let's look at the property. And honestly, <laughs> he, put, he put you to work right away. Yeah, I, I had no option, but honestly, I love it. Uh, you know, in Poland, I have family members who are builders and construction is pretty strong in Poland. So there's always things in my life related to real estate. Uh, you know, uh, my family members uh, who live in Canada, they all 
also in the construction and in, in, in building new houses. So it was always in my life. And to be honest with you, I do have a passion for that. It, it's, it's like my gives me butterflies when you're getting into a property, something that no one wants. It looks terrible, looks like a one big problem and a headache. And then you can just get into the project and you can get something beautiful from that. And you see the, the fruits of your hard work. Um, so slowly my husband was introducing me to the real estate, getting more involved, uh, and down the road, I just decided also why I can become a real estate agent. So I got my real estate license as well. Ah, very good. Yeah. So what percentage of your, your weight work day, would you say is revolved around working on your real estate investing business versus being a realtor, Paulina? So at this point, I would say 60% out of my time is uh, consumed by me being an investor and 40% being an agent. Okay. Um, so it comes to basically I'm doing this full time mm -hmm. uh, and I'm always looking for the properties and I'm always around investors, working with the investors. Uh, uh, we are heavily right now focusing on also our portfolio, creating our own business. So I would say 60%, maybe even 70% related to me as a being investor and then being an agent. Very good. All right. So what does your portfolio look like right now, Paulina? So before, so 2014 was the the big year for us because that's when we got married and we decided to start owning some properties instead of just moving between the properties buying and selling we just decided mm -hmm. we want to keep it um so between 2014-2020 uh we decided to keep uh five uh of the best properties that we uh we purchase and mm -hmm. we still have them right now um and 2020-2021 uh we've slowly started moving from the residential mo moving forward to commercial residential so every building that has five and up units and is qualified for the commercial financing um so that's and, and why why did you decide to make that switch to be honest with you residential financing is much more difficult yeah, especially, especially when you you got five properties already, then yeah, it gets <laughs> yeah. challenging. Yeah, and in the residential side, on the residential financing, there's a ceiling. You can't grow more than certain point. There's going to be more questions asked. Uh, you know, the, the the documentation and just getting that mortgage done is so much more difficult. And your income and comparable is going to limit you how fast you can grow and how many more properties you can get. So mm -hmm. that's where we started reaching that limit, and it's like. We're looking at other investors in our in, in our group and you know we in 2020 we started being you know following the bigger pockets like different the key spy different the investor groups and it's like how those people buying properties and they can just keep moving every year to another property so that's when we discovered the commercial residential side we 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 learn a lot about the commercial financing what has to be done like how you have to evaluate those buildings and that's where we like, let's just move fully to commercial side. And that's where we are right now. And this is the directions we're heading. All right. So besides the whole part about it's being, it being easier to finance commercial residential, yes. what are some of the other advantages that you see between small apartment buildings or six plexes and up versus the single family home burrs that you were doing before? So number one, like we just discussed, is the financing. Uh, number two, it's also risk. Uh, when you have a duplex, a triplex, and when you have a tenplex, if you have any, and you have tenants, and we know that sometimes tenants they don't pay rent, hmm. 
on the duplex or triplex. Especially in Ontario where it's very difficult to kick them out, right? Exactly. It's yeah. just that, you know, the way the LTB works, it's just so much harder. And, and unfortunately, the investment is going down. If you have a three units and one tenant doesn't pay or two, then you really have to offset some serious negative cash flow and to keep that property. When you're looking at the bigger units, uh, that's where when you have 10 or nine or eight or 15, 20, or one tenant doesn't pay. Yeah. <laughs> or six, yeah. Or yeah. six. You don't really feel that much. Like one is still okay. And then you can just still like, you got to work on that tenant and that unit, but it's not such a significant loss. Right. Uh, okay. So that's the biggest, uh, the biggest. Uh, so financing uh, and, and lowering your risk. Those yes. are the, the uh, another thing ones. is how fastly you can scale your portfolio. Yeah. Uh, with the commercial, like, and we always we always talk about a burst strategy, but also in the commercial uh, residential with those bigger units, the the exits are a little bit different, and it's much more scalable. Um, you can move from one property to the second within a year or two, uh, if you know how you can work with the numbers and you know help the building to decrease the expenses, increase in, uh, uh, income, and and the evaluation of those buildings is different because residential will be based on comparables on the market and as you see in this market when you know things are a little bit more difficult than 2021-2022 uh, those comparables are not strong enough for right. increasing the value another thing is your income for the residential will hold you back from increasing that value and refinancing on the commercial it's gonna be how you work on the building how you work on the income and expenses and increase that value of the building so you can scale much much faster if you know the strategy to it well, you can control the value add you can to a certain degree control the end value of a commercial property a lot more than you can a, a residential because as you mentioned the value of these larger properties is really dependent bottom line on how profitable they are so if you're able to increase the the revenues on the property and or decrease the expenses on the property, it's worth more. It's worth. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And multifamily space is the most recession-proof asset class. They hold the value. Even now in this market, we see the buildings that are actually even higher priced than last year. Right. Where Whereas single-family homes have gone down a bit. They've softened. Exactly. Yeah. So that's all, right. all the points. All sorts of great, great reasons why you've, you've made the switch. So what have been some of the challenges going from single family homes to small multifamily properties? What, what kind of challenges have you guys faced, if any? From the, uh, from the smaller residential to the bigger, it's first of all, the buildings that we are looking, they're underperforming. So when you're buying a single family home or duplex, sometimes you get getting it vacant, mm. especially single family home. It's always vacant on closing. Right. Um, mostly, I should say, depends if you have tenant, but uh, uh, chances you're going to get vacant are much higher than when you're getting a multifamily building with apartment buildings and you have tenants in place. So you're in, you're inheriting somebody else's problem tenants. Sometimes. Exactly. So then you have to be very careful what kind of the tenants you're taking right now, what kind of problems they had before. And uh, and I think this is the biggest challenge, uh, those tenants that you have to inherit. Well, I'm, I'm curious, Paulina. So you, you guys have gone from flipping. It sounds like you still do those kind of things, but you, you cherry picked the properties that you wanted to keep and add to your portfolio. But I'm sure you and your husband were very accustomed to being able to get in and renovate and refinance very quickly on the single family homes. 
what kind of challenges are you having these days now that you're buying like a sixplex and you've got five or six existing tenants in there? You can't just evict them, They're, especially in, in Ontario. That's very, very different, difficult. So how do you do the renovations on those kind of properties with tenants in place? Um, each situation is different. And each tenant situation is different. We we actually were uh, we acquired the buildings that we had multiple conversation with existing tenants and what what they want to do, like where they see themselves in a year or two. And we simply having the conversation and based on that, uh, we can see, okay, how we can help you, because at the end of the day, real estate is solving problems. That's what it is. Yeah. If you have tenants or not, what kind of building you're getting, what kind of renovations. Sometimes it's a, a problem that tenant wants to move, but they don't have enough help. So that's when we come in place and we're trying to find them on a new space. Um, you know, we we had tenants that they want to move closer to the family, but they were just simply too far and they didn't have uh, if it was the financing to to help them moving or just simply getting a crew to help them move the furniture. Um, so it, it's really, really depends um, on the conversation and how when we can get the vacant units. And honestly, sometimes we kind of relocate the tenants between the units because mm. they would love to move to the renovated units. They're okay to pay a little bit more than what they're paying now. And they have a beautiful space to live and they can call it home, right? So uh it's it's all the uh people's relationships yeah uh, long so I, I think you've, negotiations. You've, you've done this with one sixplex you've kind of turned one around that was your project last year if i'm not mistaken yeah so what's your memory so it sounds like you had a, a couple of tenants that that did want to move somewhere else and you helped them you enabled that by helping them maybe find a place or helping them get moved and pay for moving expenses uh, cash for keys kind of things. You had other tenants that wanted to stay there. And so when you were able to get one tenant out, you renovated that unit, you got the another existing tenant into that new unit. Now, when you're moving them into the new unit, were you able to get them into the new unit at fair market rent or were you having to give them a big discount? No. So we're getting a little bit below market rent. But not, not a lot. No. Not significant, okay, but well, at the end good. of the day, you have to also think that yes, maybe don't pay market rent on this renovated unit, but you're still getting another unit that you gotta get market rent for sure. No, I completely get it. That makes sense. Yeah. And at the same time, yeah, you're you're getting them out of that unit that you want to renovate. So yeah, you're able to free that up, and then maybe you can get somebody into their their unit at full market rent. But just out of curiosity, what were the kind of the price differences that the rent differences that you're going from from the unrenovated units up into the the renovated units with the existing tenants what would the the price difference be give or take uh so the last unit that what we work on there was uh 400 difference 400 mm -hmm. was a difference on what they paid and what they're paying right now. That's pretty um, significant. Yeah. It is. Uh, yeah. And it's, uh, we were just negotiating with that tenant to see where they're comfortable with. And because we also don't want to, uh, you know, give them a price that they won't be able to handle, even though they want to really the unit. Because at the end of the day, I want to have a tenant who is always paying on time and yeah. he, and that's looking after my property. And, and cooperative. Exactly. And, yeah, so you exactly. don't, don't want to create antagonism with a tenant 
have them just dig in their heels and their unrenovated yeah. unit and say, screw you guys. I'm going to stay here forever. <laughs> it's better to, so, and, and then what would the, what would the difference be between the, the $400 more that they're paying now versus what fair market rent might be for that same unit? So the difference on the market rent and what they're paying is actually $350 difference. Okay. So it's, it's about a, you met, you met them halfway. Halfway, kind of halfway yeah. because it feels fair to both sides yeah. uh, and uh, changing from, you know, the space that was, no one did anything for the last 15 years or even longer yeah. uh, to having this beautiful, fully renovated units with some, you know, new appliances with the AC unit in the building. So there's yeah. also trades to that price too. Well, plus now that you're able to renovate their, the old unit that they used to be in, and rent that out at full market rent. Well, now you're you're creating approximately an extra eight hundred dollars a month cash flow from that property. Plus, you're getting a top notch tenant in there. They're getting a good quality neighbor in there. It's kind of a it's a win win scenario for exactly. everybody. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that's well, how thanks. we have to look at it with mm-hmm. the tenants and and people that we have in our building. And it has to be a win win for both situ- for both sides. And we all have to be happy because we're gonna be in a relationship for a longer time. So what are you planning to do moving ahead? What are your goals for the next year or two, Paulina? Uh, this is the market when I feel the next year or two is going to be the, the most uh, crucial year when it comes to growing the portfolio. Okay, uh, why is that? Uh, it's the way I look at the real estate and uh, the way in the in financial environment right now we are. It is a little bit difficult, but I feel like this is the biggest opportunity to happen right now um so for the longer run to be able to scale you always want to buy in a down market as well when you're going to have the biggest equity built in that's when you're buying you're not buying in a high market you're going to be buying in the in a down market when the financing is more expensive when uh you know there's other buyers out of this market because they can buy there's less competition uh all these things that actually m- telling you you always should go in a different direction with everyone else. So yeah. if, now if people are scared, you should actually attacking. <laughs> nice. I like how you think. That's very, very wise. Yeah. I think it's one of Warren Buffett's sayings, right? So be scared when everybody else is confident and confident when everybody else is scared yeah. or something along those exactly. lines. Okay. So you're planning to, to hit it hard. And how are you going to be doing that? What are you, what, what are your plans for, you know, yes, getting financing for multifamilies is more straightforward, but you still have to come up with a lot of cash for these kind of deals. Are you planning to just kind of continue buying one property a year under your own financial steam, or are you going to start bringing on investors or joint venture partners? So the last uh, year and a half, we are really focusing on um, being active, doing things ourselves, experience mm-hmm. things ourselves, and build a team. Yeah. And in this space, I feel very confident and I feel m- much more comfortable to start actually working with people, with other investors or bringing JV partners on the deals. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because I went through the process a couple of times and I feel that, you know, uh, and don't get me wrong, we all learn all the time. Uh, but I feel myself that the knowledge I have and the experience I have, I can show it to other people and they have trust in me. Well, you got a track record now, right? You've yeah. got, there's proof of concept. Uh, I think you and your husband are positioned beautifully to start doing this right now. 
Number one, because he's just got a a lifetime of experience doing this, at least his adult lifetime of being involved in real estate. You have been involved very, very hands-on for a long time at this point as well. And you've got the advantage that you are in this full time, both as an active real estate investor and as a, a realtor, right? So you've got your thumb on the market. You've got access to some of the, the better deals before the rest of us will see them, right? So you, you've already got a good, you've got the power team in place and you take up several spots. Uh, you and your husband take up a, a number of very important spots on that power team roster. So yeah, I think it's a matter of, um, it, it's a matter of identifying who your ideal prospective investors are or joint venture partners are figuring out what kind of structure you're going to have with your deals moving ahead. If, you know, if they're going to be coming on board as if your investors are going to be 50, 50 partners or what kind of split there's going to be there, um, how the capital is going to be looking, if they're bringing in all the capital and helping to qualify for financing, if that's necessary, these are commercial. So you, you don't have to personally qualify, but you still have to be involved there. So it's, it's a matter of figuring that out. And then, the other thing is figuring out how best to present the opportunity to perhaps to people who aren't super um, up to speed on real estate investing, right? Because one of the challenges I see sometimes, Pauline, is we come into this, especially you and your husband with so much experience and so many years of this, and you hang around with a lot of other active real estate investors. So everybody understands that language. And we forget that 95% of the general population has never purchased a revenue property in their life before. So we have to really keep it super simple right? when we're, when we're explaining things to people. I, I agree hundred percent. And I can tell you, I had this uh, conversation with another uh, person who wants to invest in real estate, exactly like you said, they never purchase investment properties. Yeah. And I was trying to show them what I did with one of my buildings that we actually right now fully stabilized, refinance, and I'm just going through the numbers and I'm just, and I'm getting very excited when I'm talking about real estate, I'm getting very excited. So I'm like, <laughs> you did this and that and renovation and this and cap rates and this is the NOI. And it's like, Paulina, we need to go to the first page after like I finish. I'm like, oh my God. So I know and, what you mean, but like the, the eyes roll back. The yeah, that's the thing, right? Because if we fire hose a civilian, as I call them, the person that's not in this real estate thing, we fire hose them with too much information. That's really good that your friend stopped you and and had you simplify. Most people won't do that because they don't want to feel stupid, right? They don't want to come across like they they don't know something, right? So they'll they'll nod and say yes and then zone out and and, and they want to understand it so they won't do it. So yeah, that's a good lesson that you've gotten early on. And it's a matter of how do you how do you simplify it for sure. So what do you see as being some of the the challenges or or opportunities moving ahead, Paulina, for you and your husband and and growing your portfolio? Challenges, I think it will be actually find the people that we want to invest together. Because yeah. at the end of the day, we want to be in Ontario. And in Ontario, 
targets a different market, uh, different different way of looking at the real estate, and especially in the cities, uh, established markets where we're looking at. Um, so finding the people that will have the same um, the same goals, yeah, and not basing this how to reach quickly and mm -hmm. achieve financial freedom within next year or two by buying two properties. Mm -hmm. It's going to be more longer term goal. But the return is going to be much, much greater when you have enough time to wait and see through it. Um, I had a multiple conversations with different investors and it's like, how much you're spending so much money on this or how much, why are you paying all like this? It's, But it's all about the numbers. Yeah. It doesn't matter. The long, like you say, the long-term numbers. The right? long-term. Yes. Yeah. So, so this that that is really good, Paulina, because it reminds me. You know, right now, at the time that we're recording this, it's, we're May 2023, especially a lot of people in Ontario, they're trying to get out of Ontario. They're trying to find properties in the Maritimes. They're trying to find properties in Alberta. They're trying to find properties in, this, in the States. And the other challenge is a lot of people in the groups that you're part of right now are active investors who are also looking for joint venture partners and also looking for investors. So it becomes a little bit, I was just talking with a guy the other day, almost cannibalistic, right? Because <laughs> this one person I was talking to, he said, well, yeah, I was, I, I was talking to my doctor and he got excited about this. And then he ended up joining the, the group I was part of. And then pow, everybody, everybody jumped on him like sharks on, on chum in the water kind of thing. So yeah, you you almost have to start looking outside of those groups. Yes. You know, for potential partners. And here's the other big thing. You want to like you said, bring people on who have a shared vision and more importantly who see you and your husband as the leaders and who will allow you to do their thing. They want to partner with you, right? They want to partner, they want to join jump on your bus and, and go on the same trip that you guys are going on versus having to convince somebody that that's the way to go. Does that make sense? So well said. And it, yeah. it, me and my husband had this conversation a couple of days ago. We want to be with people who share the vision and mm -hmm. with the people who understand our process and let us do what we're doing. And, and this is the reason why we're so afraid for so long to yeah. actually partner up with other people because we don't want to be like you know and when there's a process and we me and my husband we divided our work like i'm responsible finding the deal analyzing number finding the right financing exiting that project he's on renovation side and we have the balance here yeah. so everyone has its own job and now when we're going to bring the investors and everyone has something to say about each step of the process <laughs> the project will take from a couple of months to two years and to the you know to the probably breaking up the, this relationship yeah, exactly we, we have an expression we say too many cooks in the kitchen right exactly we have the same one in polish <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we're saying exactly when there's too many cooks there's no food <laughs> we probably stole that expression from poland i'm sure we did <laughs> well paulina this has been fantastic congratulations on on what you and your husband have accomplished so far and what your plans are moving into the future i see great things for you moving ahead because you've got a very, very strong foundation to go from. And I think the next step for you is definitely finding your ideal joint venture partners, not having to settle for people just to get a deal done, but being able to not just cherry pick 
the properties like you guys are doing right now. But if you could actually cherry pick your partners, then that's the next step. That's what the, that's what the next step is. So if people want to find out more and connect with you, how can they do that? So you guys can find me on uh, uh, Facebook as Paulina SZ uh, or Instagram uh, and email address will be info at proximityproperties.ca. You can see on my Zoom, it says Proximity Properties. That's the name of our company uh, and use that email. Fantastic. All right, Paulina, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks for being on the show. It was a pleasure too. Thank you. All right, everybody, stay tuned and we'll see you on the next episode.